Cast episode 60, where we continue our sojourn into uh, Oscar time. Uh, I am joined once again. Well, you know, my name's Adam Myros, by the way. Uh, I should probably, you know, <laughs> one says that when one introduces oneself, but uh, I don't always play by society's rules. Uh, I'm joined by Sean Glennis. How are you doing, Sean? I'm doing really well. It may seem like you don't need to introduce I'm, I'm, yourself, but, you know... N- this is yeah no I, I I'm very pleased that I was invited for this uh, special uh, sextagenarian episode of the Offat Cast. Uh, I'm pleased we decided to do this because you know I I really wanted to record for a solid six hours about this sort of stuff. <laughs> um, uh, Breaking illusions here. Yeah. Uh, well, we are also joined by Eric Bailey. How you doing, Eric? I'm great, Adam. How are you? Uh. I'm I'm getting there. It, I'm getting there. I'm I'm really really in the groove now. Uh, we also joining us this evening, Jack Eason. Je suis Adam Miros. <laughs> <laughs> Things are really getting loopy, guys. Uh, <laughs> I am present. I am here. <laughs> uh, and Jake Tropila. Hello. Hi, Jack. How you doing? Uh, I hope you're ready. You're, you're about to get blitzkrieged. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Jake's golden retriever is also present. Yeah. Uh, no, I can't. Perhaps. Okay, yeah. B- better absent. <laughs> uh, we are uh, doing Oscars again. We covered half of half of the relevant categories in part one of this venture, and uh, now we are doing the rest. Uh, as with last time, we are going to start with Best Picture and knock out the four remaining uh, films in that category. And that leaves us with a pretty big one to start. Uh, we, we've been alluding to it for, for even months on, on our podcast uh, and putting off discussing it. But, but here we are. Uh, Neil, oh, Neil McDonough has, has brought us uh, a classic American tale uh, with three Neil billboards. Neil McDonough? <laughs> what is his name? It's Martin McDonough. I think that was oh, oh, I Neil McDonough is an actor. Neil McDonough is an actor of uh, yeah. some repeat. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, the acclaimed okay. film from the man who we can't remember his name. Well, his name... I should remember his name. I need to remember to never see another film with his name attached to it. So, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Neil McDonough. You're you're an actor I quite enjoy, and uh, you should not be associated with three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, please, someone else discuss this because I, I, okay. I do not wish to begin. <laughs> I will. I'll take the reins and I'll try to be as diplomatic as possible, um, because after all. Uh, as Neil McDonough knows well, we are a band of brothers here. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, Three Billboards Outside of Missouri is a movie that... Um, it, it's the third movie by Martin McDonough after... or I think third... Yeah, yeah, yeah it's his third, but he has a history in, in playwriting after that, but in Bruges and Seven Psychopaths. Um, and 
in Bruges is, is pretty well recognized as something of promise and, and, and a decent thing to revisit, a good black comedy. We talked about Colin Farrell last episode. This is a great performance by him. Anyway, uh, he has he has a, sort of this acidity to his his uh, his dialogue um, that people enjoy, um, sort of like a a foreign Shane Black, um, and. Also trafficking in in same type of characters. That's like uh, the most Americocentric version of a film ever. The, the foreign Shane Black. But anyway, carry well, I, on. It, it, I mean, do you do you do you refute that uh, equivalency? I, I think there's there's a difference between the two, but you, there's sure. also similarities. Sure. Yeah. Well, let's run well, with well, that. We're, we're, Shane we're, Black. Tarantino knockoffs. That, I think that, they both yeah. speak English. <laughs> They're both known, you, I should say you this. You could call more him the than, Irish than, Guy Ritchie. <laughs> Except he's British, yes. Like Guy Ritchie, who's also English. <laughs> okay, what what we will say about all of these <laughs> names that we have mentioned is that they draw the same crowd, which is 17-year-old boys. Uh, but um, uh, three billboards, uh, I think... Um, my personal experience, if that's where we're going to view this with, uh, me and Myros went to see this movie, and I think Myros was a bit uh, more hesitant than I was. I asked him outside of the theater, what do you expect of this? Uh, on a rating of 10, and he said about a 6. I said about a 7 for myself. Um, <clears throat> I, uh, flash forward to me and Myros walking out of the movie theater, <laughs> and Myros said something which was, I have never been that loud in a movie in my life. I don't know if I believe that, but... Well, uh, sober. Uh, sure, yes, yes, yes. Oh, God, you watch it sober? Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, it, uh, there was a lot of me and Miles looking at each other throughout the entirety of the movie, uh, which was opening weekend, and just just guffawing and, and just like throwing up our hands, not really knowing what the hell was going on. Um, and... and it was a very special experience for me afterwards because I, 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 we were both enraged, and um, I don't have that experience with movies uh, very often. Um, I was upset by Mother uh, previous to this, but that seems like a microscopic event in the wake of Three Billboards, <laughs> and it, it just bugged me, and, and I kind of parsed over the next few days why it bugged me, um, and that is because it's terrible and racist, but... Um, uh yeah that, that that's sort of where we stand and Eric saw it or Jake had already seen it maybe or or on the same weekend I think he saw it before us Jake, I right? saw yeah, he it. did I think he primed us with saying he thought it was like a masterpiece or something okay well I don't think slow, I don't think he ever said it was a masterpiece no I, I may have <laughs> I'm said go it was back great. through the backlogs here. I think he said it was good. I think that like okay. He was I, on his I, top ten. It, for a while. it was. It was okay. So yes, yeah, so I saw it opening. I essentially saw it like the first showtime I could, which is a seven o'clock Thursday showing when it opened here in L.A. And and yeah. I thought it was great then. And I told the other guys in our our little chat board we have that hey, I saw this. I thought it was pretty great. And uh, it seemed to have been riding this very high critical wave from playing at festivals where audiences ate it up. And then over the last few months, it's taken a, a very interesting and, uh, and some would say devastating turn uh, <laughs> in regards to the film. Um, so, someone say justifying. Yeah. So now, now, and this, this, so I, I realize I might get blitzkrieg here, but uh, I have not seen the film <laughs> since my initial viewing. 
Uh, and I've I did maybe accuse Jake being a member of Ku Klux Klan. That's basically. right. You said the, my that hood, may my hood was muffling. That might be a thing. Well, jokes on you because my clan robes are at the dry cleaners, sir. So, <laughs> oh, 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 all right. This is this is not good for me. Um, <laughs> no, no, this is yeah. fitting. This is this yeah. works. Me, right. Meanwhile, I watched this film for the first time literally just before starting ago. on this. Yeah, I saw it like three, four hours ago, tops. Um, so it's fresh in my memory. And Jack had a uh, Jack had a uh, a reaction that I've seen three times this week mm. alone from 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 different people, which was I had heard how horrible it was, expected not to think it was that horrible. It is that horrible and racist. Is that not your reaction? That is, uh, honestly, watching it, I was kind of like. Because yeah, it, it came to the festivals and it was it was a critical darling. People were like, "It's brilliant! It's amazing! It's a complicated film about you know problems in America. It's difficult characters. You're not meant to like them, but the you know, they're really interesting. Now. Yeah, like an immediate you know really punch of humanity. It's complicated. Every character isn't good, but you know they're interesting." And I watched it, and I'm like, literally, did Martin McDonough write this based on, like, spinning wheels with options, and he just wrote down whatever his <laughs> wheels landed on? This is a, yeah, I, I just thought this was a a quote-unquote <laughs> bad movie. Um, it would be uh, as generous as I could be, and we're probably going to get much harsher than that in the ensuing minutes. Well, so... Myros, what was your... Yeah. Uh, Let's go around the table. Myros, what was your reaction? Uh, I think you guys, I think you might be making a, a false statement by calling it racist because uh, it, it spews almost, so much hate in every possible direction. <laughs> you know, it it hates everyone and everything equally. Yeah, it's almost too confused wait, 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 to wait, wait, be racist. That's like I would agree with Adam on that. I feel like it's a film that you know some people came about to put a film. You know, it punches down or it punches up or it punches, you know, politically left or right. This is a film that is punching everywhere all the and you time. Know what, has no you know idea included, what it's doing. You know what's included in all that? Racism and sexism. Sure. Uh, you can punch those ways because you're racist and because you're well, sexist. Well, like, yeah. It's, you, it's, you, can hate, you can hate men and you can also hate women because they're women. You can also hate black people because they're black people it, it and is, hate white people. It is a film that confuses general misanthropy for realism, I think. Exactly. And, and there is this element. I think it's an interesting thing. I'm not familiar with Martin McDonough's plays, but I'm familiar with Martin McDonough's, his, uh, within Bruges, and I'm also familiar with his brother's work. And his, his brother, John McDonough, has directed two films that I actually quite like, which are The Guard oh. and uh, Calvary. And oh, Calvary man. particularly is... They're both films that are very mixed, and Calvary is a film that is has huge problems undeniably it has some significant problems it's a film of caricatures rather than characters if i were to reduce it to some kind of a, a pithy phrase but it also feels like for irish cinema and irish cinema for the longest time was like not worth talking about and the last five six years irish cinema has come on in leaps and bounds to the point as we discussed in the last episode Brooklyn, I genuinely think, is a, is a, just a stupendously good film, and it's an Irish uh, Irish co-production. Um, you know, Ireland has produced some superb films in the last couple of years. Calvary was one of them, and it's a film about Ireland and about religion, and Ireland has a very weird relationship with religion. It, it has this element to it, and it has weaknesses and strengths, but it's an interesting film. 
the McDonough's have always, both of them have this feeling of interesting characters. Even in Bruges, which I did like on balance, had this kind of interesting element to it. The characters were unlikable, but I felt like the overall film, to me, and, and it's been years since I've seen in Bruges, but I felt like it felt like a comment on the circularity of violence, and this felt resonant to me in terms of Ireland. The Northern Irish conflict is something of like a circular civil war, a kind of a repeating pattern of violence based on the kind of political motives, but really based on much more local politics. And this, you know, that felt interesting to me in Aim Bruges. I felt like the film, if I were to resolve it, that's where it's working. That's what it's doing. Three billboards. I'm just watching this. And I'm like, this is a film that feels like it has no idea where it is, what it's doing, where it's aiming. Um, people have well, described yeah, I mean, there, there have been online... There have been dis- Wesley Morris wrote uh, a, a great piece about it, and also on his yeah. podcast "Still Processing" with Jenna Wortham, uh, talked about uh, the generification of America using this as the yeah. example for sure. Pretty- and yeah, I, I think there's an issue within this specifically that I think, and it's interesting. Martin and John McDonough are both English playwrights and and filmmakers. They're English, but their their parents are Irish. They're first generation Irish immigrants to England. So they have this this very strong Irish history. They spent their summers in Ireland, vacationing. So they have this a kind of a dual national narrative that they share, that they grew up in England, spent their summers in Ireland. Ireland and England obviously have a very storied and intertwined history. Um, so they have this kind of interesting interplay of those two things. The interesting thing is that John McDonough has stayed in Ireland. Calvary and the Guard are both films based in Ireland and they do various things with Irish sensibilities and constructions. The Guard particularly I think is hilarious because it brings Don Cheadle in as an American soldier or American law enforcement officer and basically rips the piss out of American hypocrisies or Vietnam and, and justice issues. It was honestly one of my favourite things since moving to America from Ireland one of my favourite things has been watching The Guard in a cinema full of American people <laughs> because literally it, it like there's comments in that where Brendan Gleeson playing the, the titular guard talks about like how Americans like oh yeah it's like setting fire to those people in Vietnam that Americans did and you had all these Americans in the audience like laughing but also very uncomfortably that this film openly addressed American effectively war crimes which America has never held itself accountable for generally speaking America reputedly can't commit war crimes if America doesn't it's okay it's this thing that like it's this this larger political discussion strong (laughs) yeah there you go no war crimes America can't America has a, a whole thing about how if literally an American gets tried for a war crime they will invade the Hague that's literally, you know, kind of a part of American liter- American legal infrastructure. And I didn't even make that up. There's actually a, a legal president <laughs> in America about how America will literally invade the Hague if an American has ever tried for a war crime. America is above war crimes. So it's really funny watching that film that literally called out, like, the guard literally calls out, like, America, yeah, you've committed war crimes. And people are like, ha, oh, that's true, but also maybe you shouldn't bring it up because we don't. And that was, like, this really great kind of... It was a really weird audience dynamic to watch that in... Uh, and I watched it in Louisville, Kentucky, which is the South, which is, like, an extra layer... An extra layer of, of kind of American nationalist bravado. 
But um, I bring this up just to bring context that I really, I do enjoy the McDonough's work, regardless, even though they have a kind of a strained kind of sense of place and realism. They have a, ver- they, they do tend to work in a kind of an abstracted realism that none of their films are really based in a real place. But Martin McDonough really challenges this by naming most of his films after real places. Because um, in Bruges, Bruges is a real place. Ebbing, Missouri is admittedly not a real place, but Missouri is definitely a real place. Yeah. Um, you know what else is a real place? Montana. Ferguson, Missouri. Oh, yeah. Ferguson, yeah. Missouri. Like, I have this isn't... I acknowledge I haven't seen Seven Psychopaths, so I can't comment on that. I'll I'll leave that one. Okay, so it's based in Montana. Great, that's real. I've heard of that. Um, But 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 (laughs) Ferguson, Missouri, is a real place of very much importance for Americans in general, Uh, and this uh, has to take place somewhere. You know, outside it. No pun intended. uh, Where there is a mobilized uh, group of activists. And that seems to be absent from this. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's like I, I and I feel like and Sean, you shared an article which I thought was really great from the Outsider. I don't recall the author of it. it was an Irish author? Or no, no, it's an American author. Uh, the sorry. Outline or something. The Outline, yes. Who, who and it was um it was an article about Martin McDonough's plays, which I fully acknowledge. I am completely unfamiliar with his theatrical work, and his theatrical work is what defined him. That's where he really became known, and then he branched into cinema within Bruges. But he, like Martin McDonough, is an acclaimed playwright first and foremost, rather than a filmmaker, in the kind of the same way that, say, Irishman like Conor McPherson is an acclaimed playwright who has also made a couple of films. So it's it's interesting, and that that makes an argument about how he dislocates time and place. He he's more interested in this kind of vision of an abstract time and place. To set things in, Fine. which is which is fair enough, but then it is Missouri, and it's this very <laughs> awkward film that does about not re- racism. Yeah, which which doesn't reflect. And, and I think back about um, recent films like um, Hell or High Water, which is a British filmmaker making a film set in America, and I thought it was. And I must say, as someone who lived in Kentucky for eight years, nearly. Hell or High Water I thought was a superb encapsulation of Southern Moors uh, and a British director but it was it was written by an American but it was it, it worked uh, this does not feel like a film about America or England or Ireland or anywhere or can we about get into humans? some of like the nuts and bolts sure yeah why yeah it doesn't Sean work. lay it out like because honestly I watched this within the oh, last God. few hours but but tell me what were some of the things that troubled you about this film <laughs> I wrote something months ago and I kind of like it, when I write something about it it is to sort of extinguish it from my mind uh, and it worked but um, but there have been things that have stuck and um, uh, one of the things I will talk about that's that's almost getting it out of the way of the real issue is the films <clears throat> or the central issue is the film's relationship with women um, oh god <clears throat> <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry was that dismissive of me I'm sorry <laughs> um, no it's it, 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 it's rational um, I don't understand like all the women <laughs> okay, in this so film besides... the younger women there's, there's two women in this film um, there's, there's a couple Frances more. McDormand's 
character, her husband leaves her for a much younger woman, from a 19-year-old woman. She's an idiot. The advertising executive who sells Frances McDormand's character the uh, billboards that she advertises on to provide the whole central and putative thing. Uh, He has a woman working as his secretary. She's an like a younger woman. She's an (laughs) idiot. All the women. She's the one that gets punched in the face. Yes, she does. While while Fleet Foxes plays on the the, the soundtrack, which is like probably one of the worst one of the worst moments, if Uh, not the worst moment. It's like the younger the younger women in this film are all imbeciles, and the older women are all venom spewing. Wait, wait, wait! I would say that, except for isn't the the older woman who's like working at like. Like some shop, uh, also an idiot. Uh, it's been a while, but <laughs> you mean Francis anyway. McDormand, like Francis McDormand's no, character? No. With the... there, there's definitely that point where there is like this fake red herring, where like the guy who is maybe the rapist comes in in the middle and is mad at her, but it doesn't make sense because it's kind of like threatening because it might be him, but then it's not. It's yeah, but he like... only ta- he only talks to Francis McDormand. He doesn't talk to any other woman. Yeah, uh, but there, I swear there's somebody else, like a postal worker or something like that. But anyway, yeah, we have like the 19-year-old who, um, you know, instead of uh, feeling, um, I don't want to say sorry, but feeling like she's in danger because she is dating this older man who we know is a physical abuser because yeah. of Francis McDormand, instead of like being like, oh, she's in peril, like she's dating this guy who's obviously dangerous, uh, Martin McDonough's like, you know, it would be funny if she confused polo and polio and everything yeah. she said was, like she's a happy-go-looking was an idiot person. And, yeah, and, and she she's comes in while he's, he's he, She comes in while he is holding up, holding up Francis McDormand at the oh, neck and God. being like where can I can, I just want to know where the bathroom is and we're supposed to think she like this is a fundamental view of women as idiots unless it's Frances McDormand where she has power but she also is wrong headed well yeah it's like uh, older women are get... older women have teeth because they can't rely on being attractive anymore and so they have to have a world, a sensibility about the world. And then younger women are just like attractive and just stupid because they don't have to think about oh. anything. And, and, and also, there's the Australian. I, exactly. You guys something. Are forgetting, <laughs> you guys are forgetting some Go other ahead. fucking Go ahead, yeah. Take over. Yeah, we have. There's a few. There's a, that, that's another great thing he does with women. Whereas uh, all of his crusty older men have, uh, you know, like model level, really young, uh, young oh, ladies Jesus. on their arms. And, uh, <laughs> I'm just a blue collar guy with my sexy model wife. It's a king of queens up in here. I could see time. why this happened with Woody Harrelson because his character is such a fucking charming wordsmith. Casanova. Jesus Christ. <laughs> he leaves the most beautiful suicide notes, that's for sure. Yeah, and that night hour, that fucking last date he has with his wife. What a romantic fucking time. Where uh. He's like talking about... His cock or something in front of his kids. Where, yeah, where he keeps saying "God damn" in front of his kids yeah. over and over again to a point where his kids must just think he's weird. Like, oh, my- and there's also <laughs> that the, the, the woman who who uh, it works in that office. She comes in um, while uh, Francis and Dorman runs out of money, and she's like, "What is this envelope of cash?" Oh, Jesus! And then, then she gets punched in the face by Sam Rockwell, hmm. who's, well, a, lovable, Fox is who's a lovable guy who has a problem. But he gets over. Oh, there's also yeah, no, one this, more this female film... character, by the way, uh, Francis McDormand's good African American friend. Oh yeah, oh, Jesus. <laughs> that, that plays more of yes. the race aspect, though. 
Yeah, it's a it's a uh, rich cast of characters. Why so? It, why it's so, a Eric? really it's a difficult film because I mean, and I admit I've only seen this film I watched the first time today, so it's very fresh for me. But um, months and months in advance, I've been reading reactions to it and comment on it, <coughs> and the comment has largely been it's a film that has. Uh, "Quote unquote issues with race," which is fair. That's a fair comment to to put against it. But honestly, watching the film, I don't know this film is racist so much as this is a film that doesn't know if it's up or down. It's like that's, a film that is punching in yeah. every direction that furiously. Is, it's to me is, a film that he has fundamentally no right to fucking make. Yeah, Shut your yeah, fucking yeah. mouth about this subject better. You have no fucking place here. <laughs> well, okay. And, and I will say, uh, and then Eric, I'll usher it Let Eric you. in, yeah. I will say one very extremely insidious thing about this movie to me and that I've heard a couple other people bring up is that uh, it centers around Sam Rockwell and there's been lots of talk about um, his redemption narrative which I believe in um, and it sounds like other people do um, but he is known he uh, yes uh, and um, he is known in the community as uh, torturing um, black people he would put it poorly unless he wants to be uh, politically correct and then he would put it another way as um, people of color torturing yes and um, <laughs> clever writing and, and, and uh, McDonough is careful not to ever tell us exactly the details of that and more so he's not to show us the details of that and um, I've I've heard it bluntly put by uh, I believe Mark Harris which is uh, how would how would this movie play if it opened on Sam Rockwell's character brutally beating the shit out of uh, the black people that he did that is in the text but not on screen for sure it's it's a film that it oh god it, it takes so many shortcuts toward like it's it's a film that you can tell it, it's like it is aiming towards the the troubled characters of so many good films the you know the complex characters you have racist or sexist or misanthropist inklings but they have some kind of like like Jake LaMotta in Raging Bull who's a raging misogynist Bull. <laughs> you know yeah but but there's there's this el- there's this social pressure on him there's this element that's driving him and in the end he's like it's it's this this uh what you say dismantling of him as a man as a character this film does it just can't get in there it's 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 got all these elements and it doesn't question them or properly construct them it's like it takes all these shortcuts to not know where it is it's like it took so many shortcuts it's lost it doesn't know where on the map it's even situated yeah um and ebbing missouri is a fictitious place becomes this uh it doesn't become an abstract world where we're really cutting to the core of humanity it becomes this made-up bullshit in which everyone is just nonsensical um and i take from this like i mean my main takeaway from the, the film we talk about it being racist or misanthropic or or misogynist etc my main thing is that this is a movie where literally peter dinklage plays a dwarf oh god and the whole film spends the entire two hours of it just constantly referring to the dwarf and that's like it just has no concept of 
It's people. Oh, people loved it in the theater. Man. Oh, people uh, think that's yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't understand because it's, yeah, because it's not. It's yeah, it's not human. It's not. It's not an accurate reflection of humans. And it's interesting to me because I mean, I grew up in Ireland. I grew up in a country, and Ireland is a weird, a weird compartmentalized existence. In that Ireland in the nineties, kind of traversed from being a, almost a. Like almost being third world, not quite. That's a little bit of hyperbole, but being a very <laughs> depressed economy to being this hyper progressive world class country. Like Ireland was like the roadmap for economic success. Ireland became, in my lifetime, in times I can remember, became a country no one cared about to being a country that dominated like best quality of life. Uh, best healthcare, best quality of living, all of these kind of things. Like Ireland became the place to be. Um, Ireland, Ireland is this weird place that like people were, th- and it became it, it progressed so quickly that there's this idea that people who weren't out, who were outside of the normal, are theoretical almost. Um, black people are theoretical to the Irish to some degree. Mm-hmm. I acknowledge completely. I didn't see a real life black person until I was a teenager. They didn't exist. They were something you saw on television. Um, which is insane. I, I like. I remember. Hey, you don't have to live in uh, a different country to, 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 to some degree. But Ireland was an extreme. Like, like Americans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Americans had black people. They just didn't interact with them. And I. And yeah. even to say that and they is messed to, with their. Yeah, they and even with their taxes. And yeah, and like even that. even to that is to acknowledge that there's Americans and there's African Americans and they're different people. That's a car alarm. <laughs> <laughs> I still. Oh, think my mute button's not broken. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, you're, you're that's, okay. That, so that's that is. I'm sorry, guys, about the uh, the audio here. I am listening very <laughs> intently to everything you're saying. <laughs> All right, it's gone. But um, but but anyhow, so so there was like for for Irish people, like literally, uh, like for example, I I always quote like I went to a school with 700 people. My secondary school, my high school, effectively was a school of 700 people, of which there was one guy who was um from India. There was one guy who was half Jewish. Everyone else was white Roman Catholic. That was basically the break. That's the, the multinational breakdown of Ireland that I provided. Uh, years yeah. behind me, a friend of mine had a friend who was two years younger than him, who was Irish uh, African, uh, a mix of those. His parents were African immigrants. Um this is the thing it was becoming real behind me that there were like black people showing up in the country who were like you know real people and um, <laughs> Ireland is developing this McDonough is English though he's Irish English Anglo English but still I don't understand how you could grow up in England which has a much more storied history of uh of immigration uh, in Ireland people only started immigrating in the 90s when Ireland had money um Ireland prior to that was not a place people immigrated to because Ireland was a place people emigrated from because it was a shithole basically um, you know people didn't do that uh, and then we suddenly had this influx in the 90s Martin McDonough I just don't understand how he can write black people as a 
theoretical archetype. They aren't. They're real people. You can't write black people as... I don't know, Jack. You, you I, can't, I beg to differ. <laughs> you can't write black people as, like, what if I were... You know, a human but different on my skin that people could see. What would that be like? And write that out. And it's like, this is a fucking real thing. Like, it's just inscrutable to me. I just don't understand <laughs> well, how this film that- exists. To bring up to bring up something Myros alluded to, uh, there is a <clears throat> there is a black woman uh, character in the film that uh, is friends with Frances McDormand, yes. and she 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 uh, gets incarcerated uh, for a short period of time <laughs> for uh, marijuana use or something like that. Uh, and she, but she, she is incarcerated sorry, solely sh- as like a revenge tactic to get at the main character, the white character, by the way. She, yeah. She's why, nothing but a check. And then, why am I laughing at a core plot and then, point? <laughs> and, then, um, and then the film for like totally forgets about this character, right? For, I don't know, probably an hour. Jack probably has a better idea. Uh, but uh, On around, yeah, that's accurate. Yeah, and, and then all of a sudden she gets out of prison and she, she's happy as a clam. And she's like, what can I do to help you, And Francis? I believe, I believe she pairs off with the only black male in the whole film. Right, right. Yeah. She, which is a beautiful story about how... <laughs> Black people are like real lost in translation. They're, they're like <laughs> real people, aren't they? Can you imagine that? How a person with darker skin could be almost be human? What a wonderful, touching story they're, that is. They're, they're they're just props, essentially. Like they're they're just oh they're Jesus, just, they're, yeah. And, and not only are they just like so passive, but like the only time where they show any anything resembling agency. Um, is when they're cheering on the white people, or when they're offering, when they're lending moral support yeah. to them. Like it's just like, like yeah. there's helping like, put like up that, a billboard. That African American woman who's Francis McDormand's friends. Her first scene, one of her first lines is she asks Francis McDormand about the billboards, and McDormand tells her that she's you know puts up the billboards to fuck with the police, and she just tells like one of her first lines is "You go, girl," and it's just like, <laughs> and it's like it's it's just like it's it's like. They, they, they're not, they don't want to do enough to like, like, McDonough's not interested in their interiority, what they think about. No, he wants to exactly. look at his fingers. He, he doesn't want to think about their interiority about any of this. He doesn't care, like, that, like, oh, maybe they're trying to do something to fuck with the police, or, like, what what would they do in this case? Like, they're literally just there, it's like, oh, no, like, we'll just let the white people handle all the race issues for us. Like, well, like, yeah. what, like, yeah. and, and so it's just. There's a really, yeah, there's a really uncomfortable discussion in the film about how the African American characters treat the police with contempt because the police are openly racist they, in the film. Yeah. The police are contemptible. <laughs> contemptible, which, which is not, it's not inaccurate to, like, as a larger discussion of race in the United States, the American police force have a difficult relationship with African Americans. Oh, shit. That's a fair point. <laughs> but it's just, it's so removed. Every character is such a vitriol like, spewing monster. He's like playing G.I. Yeah. Joes with yeah. like American politics. And, and, and I do take the point, yeah. as a lot of people have said, that McDonough is, he's in his head, and his concept is that he writes he writes characters and situations to see if he can write them out of it from a literary perspective. Oh, fuck. And that, that, that you know feels what? very you know true what? to me. 
You know, it offers an interesting uh, contrast, and we can continue on this discussion because I still, uh, Myro still has to vent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like I feel like we're at like Bible study, and we all have to go around the table. But um, but something like uh, you know, Sean Baker gets a lot of not I wouldn't say flack, but maybe hesitance for the way that he uh, makes films about. Uh, very loaded representations of things that he's not a part of, whether it's the like trans community, workers. or yeah, yeah, trans community yeah. and trans community sex workers and poor community in a very specific area. But you know what? He like he he knows these people. He gets to know them, and 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 he he works hard to represent them. He's not just like playing chess with these representations. <laughs> yeah. and, and, he, and I think that's and, interesting. and at the very least, he turns a sympathetic. I toward these characters, whereas yeah, at least McDonough is, is has no sympathy for anyone. He, he's just a monstrous writer. Yeah. I think. and it, it's difficult to me because I, I again, I like I acknowledge I come from a social milieu in growing up in Ireland where black people, African people, were a theoretical concept for a long for the longest time. The concept of not being a white Roman Catholic was like. <laughs> uh, was literally was like a theoretical thing. I didn't know anyone who wasn't. So, you know, and that's the thing. Like, Ireland was that homogenous as a structure. And that's a very weird situation to be in, you know, and, and to move over. And, when and I yet, first... so, so what you're saying, Jack, is if you would have written a movie when you were, like, say, 14, <laughs> this is yeah. what it would have been. It, it could have been, yeah. It's like, basically what, what I'm getting. What would it be like uh, what, if I seen... <laughs> <laughs> this, this is on purpose. The alarms feel weirdly, weirdly. Suitable. Okay, I want to hear. I want to hear Adam. Uh, I, I hear just, you, you know, what, as these black characters, they are. Is they're just totems, honestly, to signify like, like the entire purpose of that female character is to signify to us, the audience, that Frances McDormand is the good guy because her friend is black. Uh, so she's good. <laughs> well, we also have a good guy in uh, Sam Rockwell and Lester Freeman. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the the police really turned a corner because Lester Freeman is is good, and you can tell because he's black. Uh, can you imagine? Like seriously, after the world of The Wire, okay, The Wire is stupendously good. Last season aside, I feel they misstepped there. The first four We're season, litigating the last yeah, season. The, four, the, the first four seasons of The Wire are a stupendous vision of America in crisis. It's this amazing template. And, script. and for Clark Peters to show up, do I have his name right? I, I, I believe, believe I do. do. Yes, yeah. I do, uh, yeah. To, for him to show up in three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri... We're not like, all bad. Yeah, to be like, Christ. what if black people were people? And that's the film. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, God, it's just like, it's like a, a fucking... Those stunt things where they tie the, like, ejector wire to people so they get pulled backwards. It's like, that's the discussion of black people in America being just jerked backwards and he still showed up in this I guess just cause I don't know paycheck Probably, I don't know yeah. I, yeah, I, it's I, just I, so bad I mean Hilton Ellis in that in that outline article 
Hilton Ellis, a uh, famed New Yorker uh, theater critic, uh, had things to say. He was cited in that as, as having similar things to say about uh, black actors who would willingly participate in in one particular play of McDonough's. And, I mean, obviously it's not for us to, like, shame uh, black actors, especially ones that are not well-known, uh, because money, you need money, and, and there's so few parts. Uh, but it is interesting, and, it, and it's sad to like be like oh you had to play this person where one page you're getting thrown in jail and the next you're going what can i do to help <laughs> well the, that's like the peter dinklage was the most confusing aspect to me like this is a legitimate movie star uh a very wealthy man i'm certain is not who's not starving for roles and why the fuck would he agree to do this movie where it's just I, they're like fucking throwing pies in his face the whole time. He's not even an effective yeah. totem because he, he seems like he's there to signify uh, once again this this character of Frances McDormand that she's she's better than this gruel that surrounds her. And in the end, she's fucking not at all. This is a protagonist we're meant to root for who treats this person like total shit for no reason at all, just because he's a midget, and that's funny in this fucking script. It's it's goddamn hilarious. I There's so many things wrong with this movie. There is no one to root for. Everyone is... Lucas Hodges. Oh, Jesus Christ. So what's so, what's so bad about Lucas Hedges? He can't act. He, okay. I think he forgot will, how to act at say, some point. There is a line. There's a line where he is in the passenger seat of a car, and it's towards the end of the movie. I can't remember exactly what, but it's nighttime, and they're driving down the road, and they're driving past the billboards or something like that. And he, <laughs> the scene opens up way too early, uh, and it just shows them riding. And then he turns to uh, his mother in the movie. Um, very stilted as if he's in uh, uh, Largen and he says uh, did you hear the news today and it, it, like I mean I have seen this months ago but I really appreciate like, the Bresson reference I just yeah. want to put that in there did, did this stick out to you Jack as somebody who saw it, t- saw it today do you do you know what I'm talking about um, you know honestly and we, we mentioned this in the previous the first part of this yeah. Oscar broadcast I'm bad at actors. I don't really sure, notice sure, actors sure. too much. He didn't bother me that much, but honestly, it, it it's difficult. No, I'm this. nitpicking. I'm it's nitpicking. Di- it's difficult is... in this film because everyone is like, holy shit, has Martin McDonough ever met a human? Well, that too. But but there was, there was this scene, this very particular scene, and it's very small. It's not detrimental to the movie. I'm just kind of like picking at it. But it was it was a scene I bring up because me and Maris looked at each other and were like, what the hell did we just watch? Like, to me, it looked like something literally like my own acting from a movie <laughs> that I made with friends when I was 16 years old. And um, But 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 outside of that, there there's... Um, I don't, I don't know. It, it's there. well to me. The, the fundamental problem here is the vitriol he treats this entire subject with. As someone from Middle America, and I, I'm not from the South, but I think Missouri could be classified as the Midwest I, as I well. Had this dis- I had this discussion with my with my wife because Missouri is this interesting case of being both Midwest and South. Yeah. There's, there's a, a dis- yeah. it's kind of, it's, it occupies both a little bit. Well, and, and, and Jack, and, and a couple questions. Um, one is the, the speech that she gives the, the priest, which seems very atonal. And, atonal uh, and they two, never follow up on us. 
and two, the 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 way that the c word is used in this movie is also seems very atonal and not the way that they use any word midwestern. The way that they use it's any true. Word, now, the now way to that be fair, this... uses language in this film is like completely atonal and like doesn't it doesn't sound like how Americans or just people talk. <laughs> like it's just. Now this is the movie. I, about I, I will say. Now. I will say the use of the c word is that's that's Ireland, England. The c word in Ireland and England is like it's it it has a different use, and in Scotland right. particularly. America, it's weird. But goddamn, if my audience didn't think it was a riot. Yeah, because because <laughs> in America the c word has this weird offensiveness, whereas in Ireland it's an adjective. And in Scotland, it's like basically like saying hello uh, to some degree or another. Uh, like if Scotland is a, Scotland overtook Ireland in using the the c word cunt, which is the c word. Just in case anyone was confused. Oh, okay. well, glad we got be, that in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Sorry, just want to lay that. Uh, one Jack, out. you bet our primary movie. audience is American. Where this has American. a connotation, sure. that, uh, oh, exactly. we should perhaps avoid. But but uh, but I. But I, but I <laughs> <laughs> I feel as if Jake is actively sabotaging this. It's already got a nine. The whole world out here is kicking off. It's only a cattle prod to his dog. <laughs> but, it, but in any case, oh I was just saying that, uh, that it, great. Uh, excuse me. It does. It does. Um, it does belie that I feel that McDonough is. He never. It, it's weird because I feel like McDonough works, or maybe makes more sense. In an Anglo-Irish perspective, his plays, I think, maybe make more sense in that perspective, but film draws him to America, and he clearly has no interest in America as an actual construct, as an actual place with people, with a specific narrative, and I mean, I, I fully acknowledge, I'm... In living in America and kind of indulging in the American narrative on things, I sometimes get tired of how America perceives every conversation 100% just like it's the American term and America can't conceptualize anything outside of it, anything that doesn't have the same field of reference, you know, and that kind of sometimes that weighs on me. But fair enough, it's like America has its own very real history that it has to wrestle with and negotiate. But uh, I feel McDonough's like, he storms in the other side, like, America, I've heard of you. Uh, here, let's go to the South where everyone's fucking stupid and let's talk about black people. That's, and was, it's like, oh God, no, <laughs> just don't. Yeah, being, just get out of like here. Like I said, being from the Midwest, I mean, certainly you witness some backwards behavior and things are not perfect, but it can't help but feel like a direct indictment of these people he considers less than and you know it feels yeah. it feels like a direct shot at my neighbors oh, yeah. and myself and and Absolutely. I find it revolting and disgusting and, and there's so many like side characters in the, like think of how he p- paints this town where Francis McDormand goes to the fucking dentist and because the dentist disagrees with their political stance <laughs> and tries to like put a drill through her fucking hand or something like it's goddamn madness is this what you fucking think the Midwest is like and Fuck no one off. presses no one presses charges it's inexplicable in this film everyone commits grand felonies <laughs> and and no one gets charged and if America has any reputation abroad it's that in America 
everyone fucking litigates everything and everyone goes to jail for forever. That's America's whole thing. And, they, and this everyone. film... Yeah. We'll get to the documentary. <laughs> um, yeah, Everyone like, in this film is just like nothing happens. It's like, oh, well, that was a. Someone just viciously attacked someone and everyone frowned. But, yeah, I think. Has, has Jake had a turn? <laughs> <laughs> He's just been busy fucking <laughs> smashing uh, into a car. Jake, Jake no, I have I've been listening please. to what you guys are saying. And, uh, and, I don't know. Did you want to say something, Eric? Uh, yeah, I just like I, I I don't have much to add. I just wanted to say like my give my impression of the film real quick. I do agree with what Jack was just saying and and Adam with which is that like it. I just thought of this the other day. Like I just realized it felt like McDonough had never been to like the like rural America like until he started location shouting. Go figure. Until, until he started location scouting for this movie. So like, but. I guess sort of my... I feel like he had a rude waitress at IHOP <laughs> and he just wrote the rest of the film based on that. <laughs> exactly. But my my impression of the film walking out was, like, my immediate impression was just one of, like, kind of confusion. Like, so I, 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 I think I was one of the last, besides Jack, I was the last person on this pod to see the film. I'd heard yeah. Jake, like, really enjoyed it. I'd heard... Sean and Adam very did much did not um, and I'd also been reading like the raves out of Toronto and the festival oh we'll get to that and and um, I'd been reading the you know the quote unquote backlash even though it's not a backlash no. it's just people giving their opinion people the seeing film. the movie you mean exactly. poor people getting to watch the movie you didn't get festival passes <laughs> um, and so. <laughs> so like I sort of I didn't I, I went into this being like Jesus it's really polarizing like I don't know I'm I was expecting to have some like strong reaction about it one way or the other and I came out again it was kind of another like darkest hour in Dunkirk it was kind of like another shrug for me but it was like it was a shrug out of like just sort of bafflement I was just like I don't understand what this film is doing I don't understand what it's trying to do I started like looking up interviews with McDonough to see like that's a terrible way to go about sort of trying to parse a film I think but like I was just like I just need something like some lifeline to grab onto with this um I, I well, feel like and, you and, alluded and, to. And, I feel like there's certain films. To the, the, uh, just a second. Uh, the, you, you alluded to um, the initial reaction in uh, festival screenings, which is I, just I mentioned the that, yeah. funniest thing. <laughs> the funniest <laughs> thing possible to me, which it's just awesome. It's it's like the easiest way to weed out the people that you don't need to pay attention to oh, no, ever. Oh, no, yeah. oh, yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, who are just like, I don't know, I was under the influence of what? <laughs> of a festival! I just really liked like it and earlier. no one should judge me. Yeah, so so I was, so I was like, just trying to look up and like, I... I agree with you guys. Like, I felt like, like with Sam Rockwell's racist cop character, I really felt like the film was, like, if not trying to redeem him, wanted to like him more than I think mm-hmm. it was yeah. justified. And so, but then, like, I read this interview, like, several interviews with McDonough where he's just like, oh, no, I want him to be a more morally ambiguous character. I'm just Fuck like, no. what, then, then what the hell are you trying to do with this movie? Mm. Like, what? Well, yeah. I really, I really no, no, do not, I really I think that's do a great not point. understand... 
I really do not understand like what you're driving at. Like I don't like you know I'm in film yeah, school no, right now, and, and I, I think that's a really good point, because because there's there's an element of like. Um, Sam Rockwell's character a lot of the defense of the film has been like well you know we're not meant to root for him you know he's a complex character we're not he's not really redeemed. but if you watch if you watch the film it's just like like just like with his goofball <laughs> doofus performance and everything like the film wants you to like this guy and his mom absolutely yeah, and it's 100%. like the, the film really like goes out of its way to endear you to this guy no, the so second like, he so and Francis McDormand get in a car with the, like a jaunty acoustic guitar song about like mm-hmm. oh you know like everything's getting better no we're 100% like there's nothing subversive about this film this film isn't like we're gonna make you back a character who's actually terrible there's none of that this is a film that's like no you're supposed to back this character and then separate is like yeah, but exactly. isn't he terrible and they're like oh fuck he's no not, that's that's oh he's and not, he's he, isn't he sitting next to somebody who's suffered the loss of a daughter <laughs> but yeah but, yeah yeah, yeah. and it's just like and and it's like there's that scene where he's in the hospital with Caleb Landry Drews uh, when he threw out a fucking window and like all he says is I'm sorry and Caleb Landry Jones is just like okay here's I, your like, own which again he exactly. doesn't get prosecuted like, for that the new guy comes in and witnesses exactly. it firsthand and just goes well we're just gonna fire you he's gonna like police brutality in America is a real thing cops get away with an awful lot of stuff they do that dude's going to jail for forever that's yeah. not even a fucking question, and, and you that's can't, the and film. You can't, and you can't write that incident off. It's like, why? Well, he didn't go to jail for throwing Caleb Landry Jones out the window. You could, I could see somebody making the argument of just like, well, that's you know, that's a comment on like how cops don't go to jail. But it's like that's in the case of like when cops, you know. Are, uh, abuse yeah, power no. with with African Americans. It's like this For is like sure. a white guy. Yeah, like, no, no, if this, a white this guy is... got abused by a cop. That guy is going to jail. Yeah, so, yeah. Th- like all of this is just to to build up to my reaction of it of just like sure walking out of the movie I remember it's just like yeah there's a couple funny lines in here and the acting's fine but I was just like I was just kind of baffled I was just like like what's your thesis with this like what what is your like, what's your idea behind this film other than just and maybe like, we can I get wanna... illuminated it's, it's almost as if this is a, so, a so... pitifully written film that doesn't hold together at all with the cursory examination yeah. that, that's my my theories that McDonough wrote this like I said with just spinning wheels with ideas and like it's, it's like South Park claimed it's like they say you write an episode of Family Guy this is Family Guy via South Park he's just he spun the wheels and the results came up and he just started writing and so yeah that's all I have but so okay so I really want to get to Jake so Jake with like an over an hour (laughs) almost an hour of preamble defend this movie (laughs) this is the first on the list This is the first of like list. thirty and, things and, we've got to. Come I was gonna up. say, do you guys want to make a, a three part Oscar podcast? <laughs> um, well, okay. Here's the thing, because I've certainly listened to what you guys have said, and I've read all the the writing that's come out about this film, and I think I think uh, Wesley Morris's piece is excellent and really hits the nail on the head. And I can't even begin to think about defending or condoning or accepting any of the behavior in the film. Um, but back to my initial watch, um, just to add a little context, I had always kind of been a fan of Martin McDonough's films. I loved In Bruges, and I really liked Seven Psychopaths. And 
you know, they're they're kind of like these post Tarantino glib guns and gangster movies, but that I think work for me better than something like Guy Ritchie ever made. So I just really sort of enjoy- did you never see Swept Away? Uh, no. God, no. Sean, seriously, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I, I don't know. When I saw the film, I really just enjoyed how awful and how everyone was a piece of shit. I love Francis McDormand telling a priest that he's culpable in all these cases of sexual assault against boys. And, and I, I didn't once buy into it as anything that was supposed to be realistic or or swinging towards a more morally positive direction. I I just enjoyed it mm-hmm. as a as a superficial romp of anything and all these actors who I like are just chewing on these awful shitty lines and being shitty towards each other and uh again nothing in it that I can defend but maybe maybe some of my morally objectionable uh viewing sensibilities clicked well with three billboards the first time I saw it. So like that's, that's, it was that's just, like, I mean, was, you're not the only person who swept up in the <laughs> yeah. no, you shut up, come you can, on. You can, you can break it down however you like, but I mean that I and I haven't revisited the film since, nor have I any real reason or urge to, but I walked away liking the movie the first time I saw it. And I I, re- I gave it a recommend so, to everyone here and uh and you guys uh, didn't like it. So like He was swept you're... up in the <laughs> festival fervor, that's what happened. That, yeah, that's right. No, I know. Play I, I, that I've card, heard, Adam. <laughs> I've heard from. I, I know other smart people that like the movie. I'm not. I'm not saying like if you like it, you suck. But like, we're not gonna. You know, it, it would be disingenuous for for us that dislike it to treat it uh, differently from. Other so, Jake, you know, this like. is not a movie that I disliked. This is a movie that took me like three days to get over having watched. Well, this, was, <laughs> this was like this was the same, most baffling same. thing. Traumatizing. Because I watched it and, and I did not walk away thinking I had just seen the latest Crash. Or Suicide Squad. I would much rather watch either of those films, quite honestly. <laughs> it, it's strange. It's seems... strange to me. Strange. Yeah, it's strange to me because I I had months of reading thought pieces on three billboards, and everyone was like, honestly negative. Jack? Sorry. I also I also yeah. did had didn't really have any. Yeah. I did not believe so, that this would be a front runner in the Oscars. No, sir. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Jake, you you watched the first round over, and that's and that's you know that's its own yeah. thing. I had months of reading reactions well, to it, and all the reactions largely were scathing. And uh, so when I watched it today, and I just watched it today because uh, I'm way behind the curve on these things because I've been watching good movies with subtitles <laughs> um, but um, <laughs> so so I watched it today and my feeling and my worry putting it on was that you know I've been so poisoned by think pieces and you know a, a lot of times there's this fear that you know people will you know will, will intellectualize a film to death there will be so many political takes or sociological takes that it will it will strip the film away from its immediacy from its you know from its character and i watched this for the first time today and i've got to admit i watched it and i was just like this isn't a good movie it doesn't work and it was sort of like every instance like i was joking i watched it with with Polly, my wife, and I was just like watching it, and she at a certain point was like, um, you know, was she aware be, of the backlash? She, uh, not really, no, she doesn't follow me. She thinks we're all idiots, 
for following this stuff on Twitter. She's, she's smart. And yeah, to be fair, she is 100% correct on that. But, uh, like, we were watching it, and at a certain point, we were just like, I mean, she took offense because she from, she's from Kentucky, from Louisville. Mm-hmm. So she took offense immediately to its portrait of a southern aesthetic of everyone being stupid of everyone being kind of like emotionally stunted and not really being able to to function socially everyone kind of basically leading on on kind of prejudices but like we at a certain point we started cracking jokes as we watched it we're like wouldn't it be really funny if like this person just beat the shit out of this other person just because they hate each other you know, like the film is so misanthropic, but it's so unaimed. And and this to me is kind of the thing. It's like as much as people lean on being as as being racist or misogynist, it's worse than that. It's not even racist or misogynist. It feels like it doesn't know where it's going at any point. It's like Frances McDormand shows up and she rails against the Catholic Church. I'm not a supporter of the Catholic Church. I'm I'm fine with her railing against it. But then she shows up in, a, in another scene and has like a warm, you know, kind of scene with Sam Rockwell who beats the living shit out of someone. And then like at the end of the film, it's like a jaunty acoustic track plays as like, you know, he's not, he's not so bad. Woody Harrelson's character commits suicide, but leaves a note that says like of Rockwell's character. It's like, hey, you know, I know deep down you're a good person. There's no proof of this in the film. There's no proof. Um, I just... I don't know what to make of this film. I don't know what to do with it. Because everyone's awful. Everyone's occupying, like, a vacuum of behavior where everyone's terrible to everyone else. But it's not racist or misogynist. It's like everyone just hates everyone. And it doesn't make any sense. Which brings me to our next movie. (laughs) What what movie is that, Sean? We have to move on. I just want to say that, by the way, the the movie does does end on this, like, acoustic feel-good moment with them, with with Rockwell (laughs) and Francis McDormand driving to Idaho to presumably murder a man who is just, uh, you know, vaguely suspected of having committed a crime in Iraq. Who, who they overheard boasting in a bar. And and let's, let's add, in the bar they were charged, the man was charged $8 for two bottles of domestic <laughs> American draft beer, which is, again suggests Martin McDonough has never set foot in the country <laughs> of America. Um, he, they vaguely overheard this man talking tough about, like, being bad towards someone and from this deserves the man deserves to die yeah no that's and uh, that's, that's our redemption and that's his redemption well, that's his we redemption do know as people that he threw a ceramic at uh, what's her name <laughs> uh, for what reason I'm also, not sure you know oh. death sentence that's, we need to institute that policy yeah. throw ceramics that's fucking die that's what you die. need to do <laughs> vigilanteism is really the most progressive ideology uh, yeah, okay. so fucking... I'm drained. Uh, we're moving on to something that is is not three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, Lady Bird, this is an excellent film. Let's talk about this so that I... I, I liked Lady Bird. It was nice. It was about people who were good. <laughs> Eric, <laughs> Eric, you like Lady Bird, right? I, I really just adore Lady Bird. If, you know, to get a little ahead of myself, if I had to pick one movie that I would prefer to win Best Picture, it would be Lady Bird. Um, 
Oh wow! I I was I was um I was going in expecting great things out of this movie, and it um it it met them. Like I I I was. It's one of those rare like kind of award season like hype movies that actually like really lived up to all that hype and I think totally deserved all the raves that it was getting and I, yeah, as I soon was as I saw the poster I, I was like that yeah. that looks great and people yes. were like calling it Edge of Seventeen meets Francis Ha which kind of lived up which like was which is like both accurate but also a little reductive um, exactly like and so I I was I was excited just because I heard. I mean, I, I wouldn't say I was excited. I knew that Saoirse Ronan was in it, and like I, like Jack and I were talking earlier, like I just adore Brooklyn. I thought she was great in that, so I was looking forward to her for that. And I read that it was Greta Gerwig's directorial debut, and I was really impressed with the films that she'd especially written with her boyfriend, Noah Baumbach, um, Francis Ha, and especially Mistress America. I adore that film. And so oh, yeah. I wasn't... Um, so I was, I was sort of in this, like, like, I wasn't sure how excited to be because of that, because like, obviously she's already a great writer. So that's like a point in her corner, but I'm also, I'm also very skeptical when actors switch to directing. Um, cause I usually feel that it just ends often ends up with, you end up with pretty lackluster movies. Um, but I, I saw the film and I was like, just completely taken aback with how, how, you know, it's kind of like the exact, like, you know, we were joking about how it's the exact opposite of three billboards, but it's just like, it's just about, like, people, just ordinary people. Greta Gerwig's been talking about how it's, it's not this, like, capital I important film, and it's not trying to be, but weirdly, that in a way, that makes it a kind of capital I important film. Like, it makes it a pretty significant film, because it's not trying to be significant in any way. It's, it is. When Hollywood accidentally makes a film about real people, everyone's like, holy shit, what just happened? Exactly. And so, and it's and it's about, it's not, it's not Wonder Woman, it's not this, like, very, like, you know... Not this is not to bash Wonder Woman, but it's not this like very like rah rah feminist film. But it is it is feminist just in the way that it's like it's very much it's about, not corporate. It's not, yeah, it's not, it's, it's about women. It's about being actual it, human exactly. beings. Exactly. It's not it's not like it's not some vehicle for like ideas and ideals about feminism. It's just like here's here's a here's a young woman on the precipice of adulthood, and just here's what her life is like. Here's what she thinks about things. Here's 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 her experience, and I feel like that. And and as much as I like the Edge of Seventeen, the Edge of Seventeen feels very kind of like heightened in Hollywood and very like. Mm-hmm. And um, this felt like so much more believable. There's been a lot made about like how you know it's such an accurate portrayal of like how mothers and daughters talk to each other. It's like oh my god, I didn't. I thought. I like people were not kidding about that. Like that was an understatement. Like I remember like watching the movie and I was just getting like flashbacks to high school about like my mom and my sister just like screaming at each other sometimes. That's, like and hmm. yeah, that's my main recollection of this. TMI. TMI. <laughs> no, no, that's like that's my recollection cuz Lady Bird honestly, I really enjoyed it, but I'm not going to claim I'm like, "Oh, Lady Bird is so real." All I know is that my wife called her mom and recommended this movie to her. I knew other women online who were like, Lady Bird is so real. It's about me. Um, 
that's the thing, you know what? Like, I'm not going to claim that I I have like this incredible insight in this film. I really enjoyed it, but shit, it seemed to hit a nerve for that other fifty percent of exactly. the people on the planet who well, seem to have like, feelings about things. Even like, uh, I mean, there are other characters too, like that just sort of speaks to a to a well rounded off world. <laughs> like Tracy Letts is like a minor character, and oh my god, he has so much soul in the little lines yeah. that he has, whether he's talking about like a little joke, or um, even when people are talking about him, or the way he reacts to. Uh, Laurie Metcalf's character finding out about the college applications. Uh, and, yeah, and wouldn't yeah. you know that Lucas well, Hedges can act in the hands of a competent director? <laughs> well, I saw Manchester by the Sea, so I wasn't that surprised. But yeah, um, yeah it's true. But uh, but but yeah, I, I don't know. Like, um, it, it, there's just a lot going on there. But also, uh, there are other characters. So people have given this a lot of guff by people I mean men uh, for being for, if you for call being, them people, Sean, <laughs> right? For for being um, for being a uh, another coming of age movie and nauseating, even though you know they'll watch like they'll watch every sci-fi but movie about a, yeah, a, a man a, traveling in the post-apocalyptic. It's a coming of age movie about the other fifty percent who never get coming right. of age movies. Right. But uh, I- I- anyway, uh, <laughs> where it's like, man, I gotta um, stick my dick in something. I'm awesome, and it's like, oh, this is the other side of that. It's like, oh shit, do we have space to listen to these people? <laughs> anyway, uh, the, the the treatment of um, the treatment of characters like uh, the the other girls in class is just like, or or the the teacher that that obviously like leaves school or whatever is replaced, like is just treated like with such humanism. Uh, Lewis Hedges' character, like I said um, in Call Me by Name, Call Me by Your Name, the Marsha character, it's similar, like where it's just a side character and it could just be like a checkpoint in the protagonist's story but instead it is like a real fabric of that person's life and and it it it, it just like means a lot as a viewer. It felt a lot more authentic in this film too. There was actual like animosity expressed that that kind of blossomed into acceptance and an evolution of that relationship. Sure. Um you know, Jake is receiving a one-round penalty for his opinions on three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, you know, Greta Gerwig's amazing. This movie is really good. And we're moving on to a movie that is not really good. Uh, Steven Spielberg's The Post, which is yet another movie about how uh, important... The news is because it is you know we would have fucking nothing if it weren't for the Washington Post guys we would just be I mean, men or men or women columnists columnists are like the most important people <laughs> that's my takeaway from not having watched this movie and I will never fucking watch this movie I just want to let everyone know I will never you give me a thousand dollars I won't sit through this fucking movie on uh, that's for the best if you saw Spotlight imagine it was ten times worse and you'd have the post <laughs> Jesus <laughs> alright that's that's. I saw Spotlight and that is if I had to pick a most mediocre movie that would be almost a win which one best actor this is Man, just like one best picture this I wish is just I had like a parade of box during this movie because I have nothing to say because I didn't watch it well the, I'm <laughs> sorry think, Adam are, yeah. you, are you and I the only ones who saw this I believe that's correct okay. I, I'd be interested to, I know you have some odd affinity for these 
terrible, boring Spielberg uh, late period <laughs> Oscar bait films. Uh, <laughs> did you also enjoy The Post? Um, I did. I did enjoy it in the moment. It sort of faded a little bit um, for me as time has passed. Um, I still think it's a like a decent movie. It's not. It's nowhere near terrible by any means. But you know, it's uh, you know, a lot's um, been made about how Spielberg's like you know. He basically was reading the script for this film this time last year and like how he basically rushed into production with it. And I think somebody, I think maybe it was one of you guys who retweeted somebody saying like, it's like the post was made in only nine months and someone like responded to that tweet that headline tweet of i can tell <laughs> which um which as much as no no like nine months for steven spielberg is like every other filmmaker in the world is like i made something in four weeks and steven yeah. is like i rushed it to make it only nine months i'm a fucking amazing yeah. human being hey chunking but, express but... was made in uh <laughs> wow well, another movie like, was being like made. Ingmar Bergman made some of his most favorite, like famous movies in like a month. So I know, and so, and so it's just, it, but it, it it does feel a little rushed, and it just, I really, it, it's a movie that like. I, I, I can't decide what would have made it better. You know, it might have possibly just been Spielberg's, you know, very motivation for making it. Like, it's it's a very blatant, shameless attempt at topicality. That's partly why he rushed into it, because he felt like he needed to say something about the freedom of the press but, now. But isn't it topicality um, of a Washington Post story from the 70s? Yeah, but, like, he's drawing parallels. I'm, I'm sorry, Jack. I'm sure. sorry, Jack. It's actually about a New York Times story that uh, the Washington that's, that's Post really republished after yeah. the It was Eric a Yes, yes. The was Washington Post had the bravery to repost a, Washi- a New York Times story from the 70s yes, that, that, or late 60s. So clearly in this instance, yeah. the the framing of the the POV of the Washington can, Post staff is, is the most relevant Adam, and uh, interesting. Adam, can I mention at this point that I'm trying to, I am currently trying to cancel my New York Times subscription, <laughs> but they want me to talk to an actual person and I'm not willing to do oh, that. God. So it's costing me $11 a Jack, month. Jack, you should cancel <laughs> that keep, and, and subscribe I instead should. to the Washington Post because clearly it's the no, paper I, of record. I, I, already, I already let my subscription to the Washington Post lapse <laughs> and I was gonna, I was trying to cancel my subscription to the, to the New York Times and because if you keep giving fucking editorial inches to war criminals <laughs> and people were just like I'm a centrist and I think everyone's got good points and I, I Wait, hate it? and I hate them all but they won't let me cancel unless I call was them Was Eric a fan of this? He has a mild response to this film. Maybe. I'm a millennial. I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to cancel it. I hate this movie on principle. So yeah, I would say I do view this film mildly favorably um i i just sort of wish there had been a little bit more i wish they'd maybe just done like a third draft of the script um i and that would have taken four extra months yeah um but it's 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 a movie it it definitely feels (laughs) like it's on autopilot um for like basically the first two-thirds of the film and then once and once it gets going it does kind of it, it does become. I have it a does become more, become more the film that 
I was hoping for, but I don't I, know. As, as someone who likes, as as we joked, like you know, it's as uh, Spielberg's civics movies, like along with Lincoln and Bridge of Spies, as someone who liked those first two films, I was a little let down by this one. I, I feel like I, sh- I feel like I should mention at this point that the post is a pretty decent pizza place in Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> so if you're passing through there, have pizza there. No, Jack, that's it, a nice it, place. It's so short. I, I, it, it, this is breezing by. I'm glad we had time to plug a local pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping to, to record into the the dead of the night. <laughs> Adam, Adam, I have another. I have, I have a whole list of places. I have a whole list of places. I have a question. They're, I have a they're pretty good. Yes. But okay, Eric. go yes. talk to the man who saw the movie. How How is the post credit sequence? The credit sequence? What do you mean? The post credit sequence. Oh, I how guess it? Uh, it's, it's it totally sets John up. Stop. Cinematic. Just, just, just <laughs> stop. What is happening here? Um, anyhow, the post Get is out. just a bunch of people like play acting. <laughs> it's like a bunch of famous people wanted to do funny voices and wear fancy clothes and got together and were like, oh, oh, oh. and then, and then they just, uh, Fucking self sucked. They they self sucked about uh, how important uh, liberalism is. And they self they self sucked. Holy shit! Yeah, that sounds amazing. It's it's perhaps the most self congratulatory <laughs> film ever made. And uh... <laughs> it, yeah, and that's that's the biggest strike against it. I feel like it's just it's so it's so didactic, well, and so heavy handed, and just this is this yeah. is a question that I think we'll ask in a couple of later categories. But who is this movie made for? Uh, well, I think the Academy, right? It's made for liberals who are frustrated with Trump. Man, liberals are important. They're going to change the so world. So what we've learned is that Jack does not <laughs> no longer understands the importance of the Fourth Estate and is thereby. The very, the Adam very person who's allowing Trump to that. and his administration to, as a to man stifle free speech. For Ameri- Adam, as a man who is paid for citizenship of the United States, I take offense to that because I'm very much American and I care deeply for whatever bullshit Americans think is important. All right, then perhaps I have a film for you, The Post. Uh, anyhow, <laughs> what, let's talk about. Another excellent film. You know, this would be my pick uh, for best picture of the nominees. Goddamn, uh, me too. And that is Jordan Peele's Get Out. Uh, oh, that's a good so movie. Good. That's pretty good. This is a, this is a, I'll get out of here. <laughs> this is kind of a, a magical film that, that defies what would normally appear in this category, and uh, God bless it. So I we have done an entire episode on Get Out. Uh, you could go back and find that in the archives. Uh, I'm going to toss it to some people Candyman. to discuss, but uh, suffice to say, based on the fact that we are recording an uh, endless podcast, that, that I'm going to leave it at, <laughs> this is a very inventive and entertaining film that is more than worth your time, and uh, pass it on to someone else who wants to elaborate. And well, ho- hopefully you've seen it already. But I, I will say that, like, you know, in, in uh, probably October, November, people were saying, like, uh, you know, well, why is this getting? You know, I was pretty curious why this is getting some pull, uh, which is obviously racist. But, um, <clears throat> but I, it's yeah, I, I saw it almost a year after the first two times I saw it, and I, like, I, I already said in the last podcast that it just like. I adore this movie. It's it doesn't feel like homework, uh, but yet it's incisive and it's saying something elaborate. And 
It's like it's Silence just... of the Lambs. It's like one of those movies that people actually like that got nominated for an Oscar by accident. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Do we have do we have it, to laugh? Yeah, really we had a whole it's... podcast on it, but I just wanted to say back right. in February we all saw it yeah. and talked about it and I'm just glad that it's it's sustained this momentum through the whole year and uh became probably one of the best yeah. frontrunners to win Best Picture. And it is like the most profitable film of the year, if I remember correctly. It's like oh, what, yeah. five million or so it cost and it made like two hundred and fifty yeah. million. Like what what are the chances you guys think it will actually win? No, no, it won't. It's pretty sl- I, <laughs> I think it might. In th- I, I it could if but it has I think screenplay for sure. I'm gonna okay. suggest I hope yeah, so. I, I hope for screenplay. I am once again gonna give it a zero percent chance of winning, even though I wish, but I, uh, <laughs> anything? Or just No, of, of best picture. I'm of best this. picture. It just has no no chance. Moonlight won last year. Yeah, they so they they service yeah, the African American yeah. community. Moonlight, they they can Moonlight. move on. I mean I mean hey if Moonlight, Moonlight beat Moonlight La La Land, so maybe strongs. Get Out can be three billboards. Well, but Moonlight was like the strong second place. Like if it wasn't going to be La La Land, it was going to be Moonlight. And, and so, like, I feel like Three Billboards and The Shape of Water are just like that's the, the competition. And here's, I also think the, that Lady Bird is way ahead of it. Honestly, here's my think. dirty little secret about Shape of Water. I don't think it has any chance. I think it's going to get director and probably art direction and makeup and whatever. I do not think it has any chance of getting Best Picture. Uh, yeah, really. That's not what the. The pundits say, but you know yeah. they also said Hillary Clinton would win. So, uh... <laughs> well, it's like it's like Gravity. It's a technical marvel, but it's not going to win Best Picture. It's a technical marvel. <laughs> no, I, no, I wasn't not. too right. I, I apologize. According according to other people, Adam. According yeah. to other people, uh, I, I don't think Picture. It's got the goods. It's a marvel that it's fucking nominated. So. But here yeah. we are. <laughs>